In Genesis 19, let's just pick up, move on tonight uh, as we go. Have you got your Bible open? All right. You remember last week, we started in verse number 14, and we was talking about the lost city. Sounds like something about Indiana Jones, doesn't it? But it's not. It's the lost city. Now, this lost city, of course, we determined was Sodom. And Sodom was where Lot had gone. And what did Lot first lose? We discovered that Lot first lost his witness. Verse 14. Nobody cared what he had to say because he didn't live for God. He compromised, sat in the gate, politicked just like the rest of them, went along with the crowds, compromised, and totally lost his witness. And when it came time for destruction, not even his kids wanted to hear what he had to say about God. He lost his witness. And then, secondly, he, he lost his... Um, in that time, he lost his respect. But secondly, Lot lost his world. The only world he had was Sodom. He, he invested his whole life in Sodom. And so because of that, he lost resistance. So just, you can just write that down, his resistance. And, and that led to losing his residence because after it was judged, he had to get out of that place and go somewhere else. And so we see him last week as he was, you know, lollygagging around and wouldn't get out of there. And the angel said, you better get yourself out of here now because the judgment of God is about to fall. And so um, I, I think it's just amazing. I'm gonna, and I'm going to get on tonight's message after this. But isn't it amazing that Abraham, who didn't even live in the city, did more for the city than Lot did? Just by praying. A city that was going to be judged, he did more for it. Did you know Lot would have never left there alive, hadn't been for Abraham? That was he that caused him to leave the light. So I'm not going to go to this passage tonight because I, I, I would get hung up on it and preach the whole sermon on it. But I want you to go to Colossians chapter 1 and read verses 1 through 11. And you will not see Lot's name there, but you will see Lot's actions there. When he tells us to set our affections on things above and not on the things of this earth, right? And so read that whole text, how it leads to destruction when we set our affections in this world. Is there anything you're so attached to you don't want to leave this world? If it is, you need to get rid of that in your mind and your heart. Thank God he gave it to you to be a steward over, but be willing to give it up. Amen? So, uh, here number three, that's where we're going to start tonight, verse number 26 through 38. Um, Lot, thirdly, lost his wife. Uh, not just his wife, but he lost his relatives. So you can just write that out beside losing his wife. He not only lost his wife, he lost his relatives. The city had gotten to his wife. It had a hold on her heart. Her affections was in Sodom. Her, her lust was in Sodom. It had captured her, and she was lost to the lost city. That's the way it was with her. 
The old man completely dominated her life. And she was bound up by Sodom. Verse, look at verse 26. She looked back. Now, this is an important text. Let me tell you why. When you get to the New Testament, Jesus said very simply, remember Lot's wife. He's talking about when he comes again, you better look around you and remember what Sodom was like and remember Lot's wife. We've got nothing down here to look back to. We've got a whole lot up there to look to, right? And so uh, we, we look at this, and she didn't, she, she loved Sodom, but secondly, she didn't believe God. Why? Because God had given the promise that he could deliver us, that he could save us. And he even, Abraham had even told Lot. There, there had been discussions about it, and, and she had been taught that. But she didn't believe God. Lot did for just a little while, thank God. And she became a pillar of salt, and basically she became a monument to unbelief. That's what she was, and worldliness. That's why Jesus said, in the last days, remember Lot's wife. Y'all got that? What are, we, what are we supposed to remember? Lot's wife. That's why. I don't know what she looked like. I know she, what she looks like now, pillar of salt. But I don't know what she looked like then. But she just couldn't help it. Don't let your, listen, don't let your city, when I say your city, I'm talking about this world don't let this world do to you what Sodom did to Lot's wife. Catch you in its grip to where you can't be torn away from it. And so uh, you say, well, what was so bad about this thing? You know, I mean, she just looked back. I mean, you know, Sodom probably wasn't any different than all these other wicked cities. What was the difference? Well, turn over to Luke 17. That's in the New Testament for you Sunday school teachers. Luke 17, have you got it? All right, look at verse number 28. Here's what they were doing. In the day that Jesus is talking about, now he had just given us the fact about Noah, destruction of Noah. Jesus uses two examples that we better listen to. He said, you better watch Noah's day and you better watch Lot's day because when I come, the world's going to look like that. going to be like that. So what were they doing? Well, verse 28 says they're just living a normal life. To them, look, as it was in the days of Lot, they didn't eat. Nothing wrong with eating. They she eat too much. They drank. Now, if you drank the wrong thing, that's wrong. They bought. Nothing wrong with buying, as long as you buy the right thing. They sold. Nothing wrong with selling, if that's in your business, to feed your family. They planted, and they built it. In other words... They lived a normal life just like God didn't exist. 
They had no fear, no worry about God coming and judging them. So they just, you know, they was eating at Red Lobster. They was drinking from the watering hole or whatever their beer joints at nightclubs were called. They were buying at Walmart, shopping in the boutiques, going to the beauty shop, getting their nails painted six colors. They're getting it all done right there, just selling in the markets, planting their fields, just living normal life. God said, watch, in our day, there's less people who believe that God is real than probably in the history of the United States of America. And I'm talking about in our country. There's less people who believe that God is really real and who he said he was than there's ever been in the United States of America. Why? Because we're doing our own thing. Got a new iPhone. Got that. Oh, man. I got me an iPad, and I got a 65-inch television, and I... I'm just going home and lay down and watch that. Get up tomorrow, stop by the watering hole after work, and go home and take me a nap. Living a life without God. Y'all see what Jesus is trying to say to us? We're just going on like God don't exist. That's exactly where we are in America. Now look, look. Uh, second thing is they loved this life. Luke 17, verse 31 says, And that day which shall be upon the housetop, his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. So in other words, they loved the life they had and the stuff they had instead of listening and obeying God the lost city in 24 hours would be destroyed. Have you ever thought that in 24 hours from now, we may be with Jesus? The rapture could come tonight, and we could be with Jesus. If he comes at midnight, I'll be up. You see, he, he will, we can't live our life like God doesn't exist. When we make our check, we realize that 10% is not ours, and we live our life on 90%, and we make our budget on 90%, and that 10% we never, ever consider as ours. That's God's. That's just, a, just, just a, a, an unspoken fact in a godly person's house. And you could go on and on about things that we don't do in our house. So, so, so they, was, they just was losing this life that they loved so much and I think that's what we're seeing today these young people are growing up today and they're losing in life they don't know what to do they don't know where life is taking them but they see one thing everything's going to pot now, I don't mean smoking pot but everything's going to pot and young people are all stirred up. They don't know how to say it. Folks, when are we going to understand that God is doing everything in the world to get our attention? He sent storms to the world that we've never seen the likes of before. 
There's earthquakes, more earthquakes recorded now that's ever been recorded in history about 10 times. He's burning up sinful cities. He's shooting up gambling places. When are we going to learn that God is saying you better get right or get left? Mm, I didn't mean to get to preach tonight, but I just, I can't help it. Listen, I, 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 I hadn't got too long to be here and holler at you. So when you leave your heart and get your heart attached to this world, you're in deep, deep thread of going to hell. Yeah. Look at verse 30 in Luke 17. We see that Lot's taking off. Well, let's go back to Genesis. Go back to Genesis. That's the first book in the Bible, okay? Sometimes I have trouble finding them too. Genesis 19. Are you looking at it? Look at verse number 30. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar and he dwelt in a cave he and his two daughters. Now here we see Lot taking off. Where does he head? A city. God told his people don't live in cities, live in tents. I'm a, because I got a city that's not made by human hands. And you, if you love me and believe me and trust me, I'm taking you to that city. So while you're down here, don't drive your tent pegs too deep. And so he went to a little city. Oh, it wasn't like Sodom. No, no. It wasn't sophisticated as Sodom. It wasn't as corrupt as Sodom. Uh, they may not have so he, But yet it was a little city. And so he went there. But he didn't stay there. I don't know why. Maybe his neighbors there in Zoar didn't want him there. If, I, if I'd have been the only one got out of Sodom, I'd have probably run that dude out of town too, wouldn't you? Could have been his two girls. He feared what might happen to them, although he didn't fear what might happen to them when the homosexuals gathered around and the adulterers gathered around. By the way, there's no difference in, in, in the judgments on those sins. There's no difference in sin. It's just sin. The problem with homosexuality is that's the bottom of the bucket. And so when we come to the place where that is acceptable, that means we're just about over. Just about over. So look what he does. They take out, they go to live in a cave. Now, if you've ever been to the Holy Land, many of you have, or some of you've been with me, and, 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 and you'll know living in a cave in, in that day was certainly very prominent. Happened a whole lot because it's a soft limestone rock. It's easy to hew out. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a pure rocky land, and uh, Travis mentioned uh, Bethlehem, the other, the other day, and there's caves all over the top of the hill now. People go in there and worship, and some of them go in there and burn candles and kiss the floor and stuff. We don't do that. 
We just sing, praise God, and read the Bible. But the truth of the matter is, when he moved up into the cave, here's what he learned in Sodom. He learned to get drunk. I don't care where you go in this world, people get drunk. You can go to the most pagan, the most distant, the most uncivilized place in the world, and they found something to make liquor out of. Right in the middle of Africa, I'm preaching, and drunks are running toward where we're preaching. I don't know what they had, what they was drinking. Where rice juice with no manure poured in it. I don't know what it was, but they was drunk, and it took the little tribal chief to come down there and say, "You leave these folks alone." We had about 35 saved that day under that tree. And those drunks were there. They learned that in their pagan Muslim lifestyle. Drunk. Now, he drank to relax and rest, I guess, because that was Sodom's way. That's our way, isn't it? Come on, help me. What's our way? Our way, if we want to rest, if we want to settle, settle down, if we want to calm down, what do we do? We go and we buy our alcohol. And then when we get home, we got a little bit more alcohol. So he learned that in Sodom. So he just, his daughter said, him, Pop, you, you, you know, you're upset and you're getting old. Won't you just take some of this? So they get him drunk, one lays with him, gets pregnant. Later has the child. The next night or the next occasion that the other one did the same thing. They get him drunk. And as a result, she goes into him, lays with him. She gets pregnant and she has a child later. Listen, here was a man that didn't even know what he had done because he was drunk. Why? Because they all look good at closing time, right? That's why here he was. He had never thought his daughters would do that. But he got drunk. You can get drunk and let a lot of things happen. He got drunk. He didn't know it happened, the Bible said. But it did. From a drunk. And I'm sure God was real pleased with his stupidity. But I want you to notice a second thought about that. He not only got drunk, there was incest committed. Nothing was taboo in Sodom. Incest. Incest. And so look at who they bore. Moab and Ammon. Both of those, y'all listen to me. Both of those cities, Ammon and Moab, became bitter and persistent enemies of God's people. If you don't believe it, read Psalm 60, verse 8, where he said, Moab is my wash pot. That's what he felt about. That's what God said. He said, here's what I think about Moab. 
They're the dirt at the bottom of the bucket. That's Moab. See, that's where Ruth's husband, remember, took her over into Moab. You see, Moab's not far from Bethlehem. If you just go over the mountain toward the Red Sea, about 15 miles, 20 miles maybe, you go over the mountain, there's the Dead Sea, and there was those communities there. And in that day, it no doubt was beautiful around there. They were growing crops and all kinds of things. Today, it's a barren wilderness. So Ruth, when she went over to Moab, she said, I went out full, but I came back empty. See, Moab didn't have anything to offer. And I'm telling you tonight, this world won't have anything to offer you. You'll leave here empty if this world is all you have. Mm. That's good preaching if I do say so myself. Now, you say, well, show me some scriptures to find that. Well, this continual hatred and anger and murder, even hatred of women and children, you can, uh, Ammon, look up Amos chapter 1, verse 13. And Amos chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, and it deals with that particular subject. If I can find Amos. Here we go. Thank you, Amos. Look with me in verse number 13 of chapter 1. Thus saith the Lord... For three transgressions of the children of Ammon, and for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have ripped up the women with the child of Gilead, that they may enlarge their border. They do just what we do. Rip up the womb of a baby so they could kill out the children so they could take over. You know why this world wants us to become socialists? So they can kill off. That's why abortion is so heavily pushed. So they can kill off those who might believe in God so they can take over with their Marxist ideas. Mark it down. Mark it down. That's exactly what happened. Right here in the book of Amos. But, but, but I'm not done. Look down chapter 2, verse 1. What he said, Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Moab and for four. In other words, I've put up with three things you've done, but this fourth one crossed the line. Crossed the line. Look, because he burned the bones of the king of Edom. That means Edom means Esau. That's Esau's tribe, Edom. But I will send a fire upon Moab. Look, y'all listening? I'll send a fire upon Moab. And it shall devour the palaces of Kiriath. And Moab shall die with tumult, with shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet. God said, I won't put up with that mess. And he dealt with them and destroyed them. Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 9 says, both of these nations rejected God, both of these nations practiced idolatry, and both of those were destroyed. Do you see the close relationship now? Listen, y'all going to lose me right here. Do you see the close relationship between alcohol and immorality? 
How about y'all back there in the corner all huddled up? What are y'all doing? Are you thinking, oh, do you see it? Do you see the close relationship between alcohol and immorality? They go hand in hand. That's where they meet. That's where they talk. That's where they hang out. That's where they leave from. That's where they come back to. That's what happened to his daughters. Here you know what happened. Such a filthy, vile thing they did. Folks, it's time we started standing in the gap, not sitting in the gate. You say, why? Because if we sit in the gate, we'll never lead people to the door. Y'all with me? So, Lot lost his witness, his respect. That lost his world, his resistance. Lot lost his wife, his relatives. All lost of that city. What kind of hold does this world have on us? I want you to remember this. You remember way back when I was teaching on uh, Sarah and Hagar? Remember that? And, you know, I took several times to deal with that because ever since that day, we've been having a problem with Arabs. We're still having problems now, and we're going to have them until Jesus comes. In fact, there's going to be a unified Muslim invasion of Israel, either at the beginning or right before the tribulation or in the middle of the tribulation period. It's called the Battle of Gog and Magog in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39. So we got problems, and Israel all around them has got those people that one sin caused. One sin. Now, here we've got two sins that gave us two kinds of people, both who were filthy, dirty, no good, God-haters, pagan idolaters, and God destroyed them. You see, I don't care what sin you commit, it has consequences. It never stops it keeps on going. It's just like a lie. When you tell a lie, I don't care if you repent all day long. I don't care if you say you're sorry all day long. You can't get that lie back. It's out there, and not only is it out there, it's being exaggerated by everybody that tells it. You didn't want me to say that, did you? But listen, this is our God, and we better be real careful. What if God were to come tonight, and we could overhear him in a conversation with Lot? What if he were to talk to Lot? Now, you say, well, it don't matter. Lot's lost. He went to hell. No, he's not. No, 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 Lot. Lot's not lost. He looks like he is. Like some of you look like you're lost, and sometimes I look like I'm lost. Sometimes some people can't, some people can't tell where we're saved or lost, right? So don't say, no, no, no. I'm going to show you where he was saved. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 8. Turn over, that's in, way back over there in the New Testament, okay? 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number, let's, look, let's just start verse number 6. Y'all got it? Say amen. 
If you hadn't got it, say, wait for me. All right. Look at verse 6. Now, God is telling Peter to warn us. He said, we don't want anybody to warn us today. In fact, they're called everything under the world if you warn people and preach on the judgment of God. If you preach on hell, if you preach on filthy sin, if you preach on the judgment that's coming on that sin, people will hate you. They don't want to be identified with you because they're scared of what other people will say about you. Now look at verse 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow. Condemned means judged, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. There you go. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. Okay, go ahead. Read that. That's where you're going. Look, look, he don't stop. Verse 7, and delivered just Lot. That word just doesn't mean just Lot in a conversation. It means Lot being justified, Lot being just. In other words, Lot was saved. He didn't look like it. He didn't smell like it. There was nothing about him looked like Jesus. But he was saved. And look, don't stop. Verse 8. For that righteous man, who in the world would call Lot righteous? God did. Dwelling among them. Here you got a man that's been saved, and he's dwelling among a bunch of filthy pagans and not even trying to touch any of them or reach any of them. And seeing and hearing, he's sitting and watching everything. Everything he don't believe in, everything he knows is wrong, he's looking at it. Look, it vexed his righteous soul from day to day. The word vex means to torment it was eating his lunch every day because here he was watching things take place in his own city to which he was probably the governor or judge. And he sat there in misery knowing I should win somebody. I should go talk to my children. But he didn't. Well, Lot, i got another question for you. What did Sodom do to your family? Oh, my girls married them Sodomite boys. And my wife, she loved it here. I mean, the Sodom mall had her wrapped around her finger. I couldn't keep them out of this place. My family's living ways I never thought they'd ever live, God. Let me ask you something else, Lot. What did you get out of Sodom? Well, Lord, I went in rich and I came out of pauper. I lived in a tent outside for a while, like God said, but then... I moved into a house, and now I'm stuck in this stinking cave. That's what he got out of it. 
You know who didn't lose anything? Abraham. He didn't lose a thing. Even though Lot left and took his spot, where the strife ends, God will keep blessing and enlarging and honoring as long as we keep pitching our tents and building our altars. Do not dig in too deep down here. That's what God is telling us. And in verse 14 through 18, back, back in Genesis, let's look at it right quick and we'll close because I know you're ready to go home. Genesis chapter 19. Look, look what it says. Lot went out and spake to his sons-in-law. Remember last week I said that there had to be at least 10. You counted it all up. It's him, his wife, his two girls, sons-in-law is plural, so that meant at least he had two more daughters and two more boys. That's what Abraham was counting on. At least 10 in his family got, would get saved. But look, they married his daughters, and he said, up, get you out of the place, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. His son-in-law said, you old fool, you silly. We don't want to hear what you got to hear about that God. There's no fun in that kind of life. Well, drink it up tonight, boy, because tomorrow she glows. Your first choice tonight is heaven or hell. Your second choice tonight is heaven or earth. Are we going to set our affections above or are we going to tack them on down here? We get into chapter 20, we're going to love it. Let me just say one thing. I believe it's in this passage here. I, I think I skipped it to where about the slime pits. Um, when God destroyed this land, maybe it's a little bit further over, we'll get to it. The Bible said that the land was full of slime pits. Now, what do you think that must have been? Oil. You see, now Israel doesn't have any oil. But then they did. You see, God has buried under every people enough resources for us to live our life the way he wants us to live our life. But when we squander it and we forget him and we don't trust him and we don't believe him and we don't thank him, he'll blow it all up. And he lit a match and throwed it in those slime pits. And it blowed them towns to smithereens. Fire falling and them falling into the pit. Doesn't say that, but they had nowhere else to go. They was burned, and they go to the place of Hades. So, every time Lot has to make a choice, he messes it up. Let's don't do it. I've messed up a lot of choices, haven't you? I'll tell you something. Some of you need to get in your mind right now. Brother Glenn's leaving as the pastor of this church. But Brother Glenn's not God. And Brother Glenn don't hold God in his hand. God holds Brother Glenn in his hand. And God will hold this church in his hand. 
if you will stay together, love each other, stay true to what you've been taught, not be afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if this place only is the passing through place, and it has been for 28 years to where people come and get saved here. Next thing you know, they pass through, and God sends us another bunch, and they get saved, and they pass through, and God sends us another bunch, and they get saved, and they pass through. And I think that's what God sent me here to do, and I have done everything I could to reach this area for Jesus Christ. And I have warned you, even to the point of being called out by news media and others. But I spoke up as a result of it. There's folks who hate me and always will. But I can't meet Jesus saying I let the people I pastored sit there and believe what a bunch of liberals said when your book says totally opposite.